Oh my god, I cannot believe this is happening. The first official episode of Yours Truly is happening right now. I am so excited to announce our first guest, Dr. Ivy Colbert, who is a pelvic floor therapist. She is absolutely phenomenal and helped me personally when I was pregnant and had lots of questions about, you know, when the world of pelvic floor is and all these fun things. So on this episode, we are going to dive into not only understanding what the pelvic floor is, I learned in this episode that it actually applies to men and women so hello anyone that has a partner out there guys this applies to you but also addressing how do you know if you have a dysfunction that you typically would just put aside and how do you find the right pelvic floor therapist that you trust and down to what are some exercises that you can do even when you're meditating so stay tuned and listen to this episode I'm so excited. I'm doing so well. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. I want to kind of dive into the first question, which is really kind of defining pelvic health because it was an area I didn't even know existed, to be honest with you. So what does pelvic health encompass and what are some crucial things for women's overall well-being that they should be aware about when it comes to pelvic health? So that is a loaded question that I would love to answer. (laughs) Um, But first, I guess let's start off. um, I'll start off by describing what the pelvic floor is. Um, Our pelvic floor is at the base of our pelvis. It's uh, the muscles that run from our pubic bone to our tailbone, and they support all of our organs. So our pelvic floor has five major functions. There's sphincteric, so it's responsible for holding up pee, poop, gas, and letting it out when we need to. It's supportive. So like I said, it holds all our major organs down there. It's sexual. So without these muscles, we wouldn't be able to orgasm. It's responsible for circulation and for movement of our trunk and our legs. So it's, it's a pretty, you know, it's a pretty important muscle. Um, This muscle or these muscles, because there's different layers of them, they're responsible for all these things, yet they're so, they're often ignored or not talked about, probably because no one knows that much about it or no one knows that there's help for any of these issues. So if the pelvic floor is not functioning properly, we, we end up with something called pelvic floor dysfunction. The functions I, I mentioned, if there is something that's not working properly or um, does not feel right, that's kind of how you know you have pelvic floor dysfunction um, and there's an issue with your pelvic health. So that's peeing your pants, pain with sex, tailbone pain. Um, I know we'll talk more about this a little bit later, but basically, if something doesn't feel right down there, it's probably an issue with your pelvic floor. Oh, that's so interesting. And I think that's what alerted me personally to go in because I remember I was experiencing during pregnancy like this, it was like a tense cramping in in my pelvis. So you had mentioned a couple of signs. What are some other ones? Like I've heard of women maybe having like painful sex. What are some things women should be aware of of like, okay, they might have a dysfunction. I'll kind of break it up into some different categories. So anything that involves bladder and bowel function. If you cough, laugh, or sneeze, and this is a common issue that you you hear with women that have had babies, right? They say, I've had three kids. 
Um, you know, that's the reason why I pee my pants when I jump on the trampoline or when I cough, laugh, or sneeze. Or when I go for a run, I end up just wetting myself and I blame that on my kids. But they don't know that that's actually a pelvic floor issue and that can actually be solved. Um, so that is a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction there. Another one is if you can't quite make it to the bathroom, like mm -hmm. you, you put the key in the door or, you know, you put your hand on the door handle to go. And all of a sudden, you know, you don't quite make it, you end up wetting your pants. Um, and there's this strong urgency to go and you feel like you can't quite make it. So that's something called urge incontinence, which I'll talk a little bit about later too. But that's kind of another sign. And then as for bowel issues, um, constipation is a big one. So constipation um, can be a pelvic floor issue because if our pelvic floor muscles are really tense and tight around the rectum or around the anal opening, it can make it hard for poop to exit out of. Some women, you know, they get in the cycle of being constipated and, you know, they think it's how they're eating, but this issue has been chronic and no matter how they eat, they still end up with constipation. It's probably because they have really tense and tight pelvic floor muscles. Another symptom of pelvic floor tightness is painless sex. What I've mentioned before, the muscles are too tight it makes it really hard for anything or anyone to penetrate mm -hmm. down there. Or if, if you have trouble inserting a tampon and that's painful or it kind of feels uncomfortable, like just get it out of there because that's really uncomfortable. It probably has to do with tension, tightness, trigger points in your pelvic floor. Basically, if, if you feel that there's any pain down there, that something doesn't quite feel right, it's best to consult a pelvic floor therapist who can help you. Um, I would argue that anyone that sees an OB needs to also be seeing a pelvic floor therapist. If someone is going through pregnancy, you need to be seeing a pelvic floor therapist. They're postpartum, see a pelvic floor therapist. They're going through menopause and have some hormonal issues, they need to see a pelvic floor therapist. So that's how we can kind of get ahead of some issues that may occur later on in life. Um, just by being preventative and being aware and advocating for ourselves now that we know this information. If an individual identifies that they potentially have a dysfunction with any of the symptoms that you kind of brought up, what can someone expect like during their first appointment? Because it might be a little bit you know, I, I know m myself going through, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to expect? What's going to happen? Like walk me through the full experience uh, for you, like a, a first time patient. Yeah. This ex first experience, even making the appointment, I can understand can be a little bit daunting because you know, it's something you've never heard of. You're like, I don't know what to expect. What are they going to do to me? Mm -hmm. um, I know it has to do with something down there. So basically what happens, um, if you ever been, if you've ever been to a normal, regular PT appointment, it's kind of like that, but it just involves the pelvic floor. We have you come in, um, we'll have you take a seat and we'll talk about, you know, different things in your history, whether you've had babies, your gynecologic history, anything to note there, if you've had any injuries, what your concerns are, if there's anything that you're dealing with right now. We also ask about other things like your emotional well-being, even your sleep, your nutrition, if you're drinking water, your bowel movements, your bladder habits. Um, we kind of go deep 
and talk about all the things in your history so that we can get a full picture of you and um, your overall well-being at the moment. And then after that, we do an objective exam. So that involves different movements. So we'll have you walk, look at the way you walk to see if there's any dysfunction there, if there's any movement patterns that look a little off because that signals to us that we might want to check something in your hip or your foot or your back or your torso or your core or your shoulder um, or your neck. So we can gain a lot of information by just looking at you and the way you walk and identifying the different uh, dysfunctional movement patterns. How does all of this play a role in your pelvic floor? Like, oh my gosh, every, so everything's connected to your pelvic floor from your foot all the way to your head. Oh my God. <laughs> <I'm mind blown. laughs> so um, from the way your foot strikes the ground. So say that you've had an ankle injury mm -hmm. and you have limited dorsiflexion. So that's like how far your foot comes back, like your toes come to your shin, right? If that is limited, that limits, if you can imagine walking your term, terminal stance is what you call it, like your foot leaving the ground. Mm -hmm. If you are limited in that motion, that's going to limit motion at your hip. Your hip is connected and the femur inside the socket is connected to your pelvic floor muscles. So if you don't get good motion at your hip, you are limiting the movement of your pelvic floor to be able to um, relax and contract, and that can make it kind of stuck. So our foot can impact our pelvic floor, as well as our head and our neck and our breathing. So there's actually studies that show if you have tension at the base of your skull, um, you're more likely to have a tense and tight pelvic floor. And you can even feel it. If you were to, you know, grip your shoulders like this, raise your shoulders to the ear or hold your breath. Okay. You can feel. So if anyone listening, hold your breath right now and bring awareness to your pelvic floor and see what that does. Wow. It closes it up, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we don't know the whole exact scientific explanation behind that, but we know that everything is connected from the way you breathe to the way you walk. Everything impacts your pelvic floor, which is why this is so important for, you know, your everyday function. It's important for everyone to understand. It's important for uh, everyone to have at least one pelvic floor checkup in their life. I'm just like completely mind blown of like <laughs> how much this is like the core to your whole entire body. Is do you is a pelvic floor actually a pelvic floor exam actually part of the um, your first yes? Um, after we check the range of motion in your hips and your back um, and in your ankles and all of that stuff then we have you undress from the waist down. And this is all with your consent. So um, only if the patient or individual feels comfortable with a pelvic floor exam, we will um, do a pelvic floor exam because that will provide us with a lot of information um, with how your pelvic floor health is doing. We use one glove finger with lube inside the vaginal canal and we assess your pelvic floor muscles. So we're able to tell if those muscles are really tight. So we feel for trigger points within the pelvic floor. And those are kind of like knots that you feel. And we also can feel if your pelvic floor is strong or weak or it has coordination. So we might ask you to do a Kegel and then relax, do a Kegel and then hold it. Can you hold it? And then relax. And then can you relax? 
So we kind of test your coordination with the pelvic floor too. Um, we might also have you cough or give us a fake laugh, like ha ha ha, and see what your pelvic floor does with that movement and see if it does what we want it to. It is very different from a pelvic floor exam with an OB because your OB won't do all of that stuff. They're not looking at the pelvic floor muscles. They're mainly there to do a pap smear, um, look at any wounds that are healing if you are postpartum. Um, but as far as pelvic floor muscles go, that is our bread and butter. And that is what we as pelvic floor therapists do. I remember mm -hmm. I felt so comfortable when I had my appointment with you. I learned so much about what was happening to my body with like the breathing movements and the exercises that you were giving me because you're like, okay, you're doing this right. No, you got to adjust. And it was just like getting really familiar with your body, which is so mm -hmm. empowering at the same time. How do individuals find a pelvic floor therapist? What are some questions that they should maybe ask or how can they find one locally? Most pelvic floor therapists do free phone consultations. So sometimes you don't know that a pelvic floor therapist is the right fit until you actually talk to them. So I would encourage that uh, for anyone looking for a therapist after you've read their bio and see that they do work with pelvic floor and see that they've done certifications, get a vibe check. I know that's super, <laughs> I love it. but a vibe check is <laughs> so <laughs> talk, get a vibe check, you know, like, um, call the therapist, call the clinic and ask to speak to the therapist and see, um, if they've ever treated your specific condition before. Um, and if they have experience treating what you're particularly dealing with so that you can feel comfortable knowing that they know what they're doing with you. And as for um, how to find a pelvic floor therapist near you, I like um, leading everyone to the website pelvicfloorrehab.com. You just type in your zip code and then um, different pelvic floor therapists will, will pop up on that website. Awesome. And I'll also include that in the show notes too, as well as your facility, because I personally just had an amazing experience at Yay, uh, yeah. therapy. Absolutely loved it. Um, I'm so let's, glad. Let's get into a lightning round of listening um, listener questions that came in through Instagram. The first question is, sometimes when I have to pee all of a sudden, I really have to go and almost don't make it. Is this a sign that I need to work on my pelvic floor? Touched a little bit on this, but. So this is exactly what I mentioned before. So there, this is something called urge incontinence. So there's two type of uh, urinary incontinence types. There's urge incontinence and stress incontinence. So stress incontinence is when you cough, flap, sneeze, or run or lift, and it's due to the weakness of the muscles, and you end up peeing yourself. So it's just due to the pelvic floor muscles not being strong enough to um, to support your bladder. And as for urge incontinence, that is more of a behavioral issue of your bladder. We have something called triggers with urge incontinence. Um, so for one person, it's whenever they their feet touches the cold ground, they feel like they have to go. Or whenever they hear running water, they have to go right now and they can't hold it. Or whenever they touch the doorknob or put the key in the door, they have to go. So that um, what we do for that is something called bladder retraining, where we talk about your bladder habits, how often you go, what your triggers are. And we actually try to rewire your brain so that your body doesn't connect it to that habit so much. 
Wow. That is amazing. That actually is very similar to, I think we did have another question come in about, um, your bladder, like what are some good bladder practices? Are you supposed to be going to the bathroom every hour on the hour? Or when do you know if you're going too much or too little? The typical bladder habits that I talk about patients with is normal voiding time should be every two to three hours. If it's any more, like four hours that you're holding it, you're at risk for a UTI. If it's less than an hour, you're going too much. So again, you're almost training your bladder to empty um, at a certain time. So if you're going like every 30 minutes, like you're training your bladder to like empty and not reach its full capacity. Do not strain to push the pee out. Sometimes, and this is a common issue for moms too, you know, they have to run to their baby or run to their toddler. So they'll do something called power peeing where they just like push the pee out and you're like straining. But doing that puts a lot of pressure on your pelvic floor. So we don't want to push our pee out. Another thing is sitting down on the toilet and making sure that your, your pelvic floor muscles are fully relaxed when you pee so that you can fully empty your bladder. I definitely have done some of those. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's just the little things, right? It's like things that can make a huge impact on your bladder health, on your pelvic floor health. That's amazing. What are some exercises every woman should do to keep their pelvic floor in tip top shape? Oh my gosh. So I know you'll hate this answer, (laughs) but it depends because every individual is so different. So it's hard to say like, oh, every woman should do Kegels because that is not the case. Not every woman should be doing Kegels. It's, you know, the contraction of your pelvic floor muscles, like you're squeezing, trying to um, stop the urine flow or, um, yeah, or or sucking a a blueberry into your vagina, that (laughs) sort of a pelvic floor contraction. One thing that everyone can benefit from doing is breathing into their pelvic floor. We live in such a go, go, go society where we're always on the go, we're always on alert, we're always stressed that our pelvic floors end up holding a lot of tension and we can hold our pelvic floors closed without realizing it. So knowing this information, everyone could benefit from breathing into their pelvic floor. And I like to think about breathing into your butthole. (laughs) So imagine that your vagina or if you're a guy your butthole is a flower and on your inhale you're blooming that flower open and you can feel the pelvic floor just relax and descend as you do that i'm doing this Um, while we're talking (laughs) perfect everyone should be doing this inhale and imagine just blooming that flower open if you're meditating you can also focus on not only bringing awareness to your body but also your Pelvic floor. Pelvic floor. Yeah. I encourage everyone to do this in child's pose, shavasana. If you're familiar with the yoga poses, um, yeah, just take advantage of that quiet time to really help your pelvic floor relax. And is this something that men can also do and not just women? Absolutely. Men have pelvic floors too. I specialize, we at Empower Physical Therapy, we specialize in female pelvic floor dysfunction, but men they have pelvic floors too, and they absolutely need pelvic floor therapy. 
there's a lot of issues that men deal with, such as erectile dysfunction, you know, scrotal pain, penile pain, um, premature ejaculation, that type of stuff. Uh, their pelvic floors definitely affect those issues. And they can also benefit from seeing a pelvic floor therapist that specializes in male pelvic health. That is such a great tip. So for everyone that's listening, you have a partner and you know that this is an issue going on, this is something that they can look into for for maybe yes. some for some therapy. Love that. Um, okay, this is these uh, last two questions. What is a perineal massage, if I'm saying that correctly? <laughs> Yes, you are saying that correctly. So perineal massage, the perineum is a bulk of tissue that is between our vagina and our anal canal. And um, typically the thought behind, um, or yeah, the thought behind perineal massage is to reduce the risk of tearing because what we're doing at, because 80% of women tear at the perineum. Mm -hmm. um, during their first childbirth. So perineal massage is supposed to reduce that risk of tearing. Um, and we do this by stretching those muscles, massaging that area. And your pelvic floor therapist will do this for you too, if you're coming into pelvic floor therapy for birth preparation. And on that note, what are some tips for women that are either going to be pregnant for the first time or postpartum when it comes to their pelvic therapy? So being aware of their pelvic floor, um, that breathing that we just practiced, bringing awareness to their pelvic floor, relaxing their pelvic floor, typically, um, you know, in their pregnancy apps at their doctor's appointments, they'll hear, oh, do like, you know, 10 Kegels a day or 50 Kegels a day. But that is actually the opposite of what they should be doing because the baby comes through those muscles. They need to be relaxing their pelvic floor, breathing into their pelvic floor, um, especially during that last trimester so that their pelvic floor can be ready for birth. In addition to seeing a pelvic floor therapist. So we can also do so many more things to get them ready for birth, such as reviewing the labor and birth positions, um, perineal massage, like I've mentioned, uh, addressing any aches and pains around their pelvis during pregnancy. So much goodness that I'm, I want to bottle up and like digest. Um, I, I want to run into our last question, which is a, a fun one. It's talking to your past self. If you could go back in time and give advice to your past self, what would you say and why? I would say just take action. Just go for it. Because so many times the reason why we don't do something or we don't start on something amazing is because of our mindset and limiting ourselves. Like I wouldn't have had this practice if I kept thinking about it and I just just do it. Just go for it. Take action. <laughs> I love that. You're such a badass. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ivy, for joining me and just sharing all this amazing knowledge with so many women um, and individuals that are listening to this. So thank you so much for your time. Of course. I'm so happy to be here and so thankful for you and this podcast. Thankful that you are sharing and spreading this knowledge because it's life-changing and we're going to change the world for that. Oh, I love it. And then lastly, um, where can everyone find your information? Like, do you have an Instagram handle or website? So my Instagram handle is empower.physicaltherapy. 
and uh, our website is www.empowerphysicaltherapy.net. You can reach out to us on either there or sending us a DM on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to the Yours Truly podcast. Don't forget to hit the follow button and the bell on Spotify and tell your friends and family about us and share the love on social. 